On this week's episode of The Stack, we're going to give you some really great internal link building tips, a landing page optimization case study from Hotjar, and a nice breakdown of successful Instagram campaigns. And we're back with another episode of The Stack. I'm Sean Henry with... Ryan Sylvester. And Tim Staberski. I don't know why I really wanted to call myself Bob. You could. You could do I, that. I just don't know why. Like, you I, could do I that. I had an urge and I stopped. Yeah. But so we're, we're back after, I think, a one-week hiatus? One week. One-week hiatus. Yeah. It's uh, now Tuesday, July 2nd, 2019, and this is episode number 58, coming to you from Cheshire, Connecticut. And we apologize for the week hiatus. You know, if you are a regular listener, we, we did our very best to try something new last week mm. where uh, two of us were here in the studio Ryan was remote. We thought we could pull it off and we ran into a few technical difficulties and we said, F this. <laughs> <laughs> we value our time too much. So we're just going to sacrifice this week. It was going to take me way longer yeah. to fix that but you episode. Know, but you know what we'll do? Let, we'll make sure that we still spike out some of the articles that we planned it. Well, we did talk about last week that yeah. unfortunately you're not going to hear. Uh, so you, you'll find those in the show notes. Definitely go and, and check them out. Yeah. We'll call them like uh, episode 57 and a half, like at the bottom. Yeah. 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 So, um, and also just before we dive into our our regular episode, I'm going to, I'm going to lead with something I usually ask at the end. I would love it if you are a listener, if you could go and leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on, whether that is, um, the Apple, what do they call it these days, guys? The iTunes, the iTunes, they've changed it. The iTunes, iTunes, Apple music, whatever that is dying yeah well it still exists in some form so yeah. apple podcasts if that's how you're listening to us or where else we spotify soundcloud um <laughs> sorry guys we're trying to fix i don't know what you're pointing at to figure out. <laughs> gotta go that way. ignore oh. yeah, yeah. Just ignore oh. them listen sorry. to me leave us a review we'd, we'd really appreciate it we we need those reviews in order to reach more listeners um so it'd really be meaningful to us leave us a five-star review and you'll be our best friend forever um, <laughs> I could use more best friends. Yeah. If this is the first time you're listening, I wouldn't expect you to leave us a review yet, but hopefully by the end, if you like what you heard, it'd be great if you can go back and do that. If it is your first time listening, um, what we do each week on the stack is we kind of recap the biggest announcements, the best content of the week um, in the world of marketing, sales, and tech, and try to boil it down to some interesting takeaways, make it really actionable for you. And um, this week, the uh, first article that we're spotlighting comes to us from Search Engine Journal, uh, written by Andrew Dennis. And the headline is Everything You Need to Know About Internal Link Building. Super important thing, internal link building, big part of um, SEO. I put it on the, the technical side of things. Sort of overlaps with some UX considerations. Uh, information yeah, like navigation, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so it's, it's very complex, and um, I think the reason a lot of people skip over this stuff is because there tends to be a lot of politics involved mm-hmm. with making these changes. But, uh, yeah, so I didn't read the article, Ryan. I think you, you dove yeah, into this one. There's And there's one specific section that I really liked, and it's uh, the, the H2 here is using internal linking to signal your most important pages. And the reason I like this is because I do a lot of work in SEMrush, and when I'm going and trying to figure out what pages are the most important on a website, SEMrush gives you a really good metric. I think it's I, uh, I, ILR, internal linking rank. I always think it means in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's what it is. TLR. Total request live. 
Yeah. yeah. I would. I, I don't know that. Going back. TRL? What? what? Carson Daly? I'm younger than you and I know what TRL is. I know is. he's a host on some competition show now. Yeah, that's true. But that's all I know about Carson <laughs> okay, Daly. Okay, so going back to SEM. <laughs> yeah, anyways. Leaking. Sorry. Um, so sometimes, you know, if we're, you know, if we're starting a new project and, and we're just starting to get like the site audit tool going and you look at the crawled pages tab, you might see a page that you wouldn't expect ranking really highly internally. And that might signal something like, hey, you should maybe refocus all this ranking. Like your privacy policy page. Why is that one of the most? Right. Because <laughs> every single page <laughs> right. is including a link to it. Um, this article says, I'll read right from the article. The more internal links you point to a page, the more important search engine bots will think that page is. This can influence which keywords and phrases they will associate with your pages. Well, like, and I mean, yes, but also just regardless, it, it, the, the better you, the smarter you are with your internal linking just the more likely a, an important page is going to be discovered to begin with, True. Like regardless of its right. importance, the, or regardless of how a search engine views its importance, it'll be found. And mm -hmm. that's really important. Just like, as a bare minimum, it'll be found. And you know, hopefully. I'd say it's incredibly common that on large websites, like the most important products or the most important categories are like three or four layers deep and, you know, hardly linked to it all internally on the site. And yeah. it's, I don't know if that's because some marketers are coming from more of like a paid background where mm -hmm. they're just used to like, you know, funneling paid traffic to a page. They don't have to really worry about, you know, organic or people navigating there, but yeah, I don't know what it is. Aside from just ranking, I think that it's important to create a web of different avenues your users can take to get to different pages. And internal linking is a great way to improve your navigation and create like a better crawl map for a user. You wouldn't want to put a user on a train with only one destination, you'd want them to be able to get off and explore. Yeah. Um, so great point. I and mean, we, we, we do that a lot. So whether it's reorganizing like category pages, say it's e-commerce or retail or something, um, or content, uh, grouping together content in sort of a siloed structured way where, you know, everything within topic A is in this neat little section of the right. site and they're all kind of interlinked. Mm -hmm. Topic B is all kind of nicely linked and both of those are grouped under a, a nice parent topic. could be a great way to helping that search engine as well as your users understand the relationship between page A and page B, um, you know, structure of your site and it's, it's good for your users to do exactly the same thing. So, yeah, there's a couple other cool tips in there, but, um, I would encourage you to check out the article. Um, it dives deep into a, a few other things that are I would, I don't know if I, I didn't focus on them as much, but I, you know, they are important. Um, good stuff. So yeah, check it out. Check it out. Next up is the landing page optimization case study from the Hotjar blog. Again, I haven't seen this, but I see it references their action plan. Yeah. Which I, I have looked at in the past. It's, it's really smart. I mean, yep. to take a step back before we talk about the article, if you, you don't know what Hotjar is, it's a super cool tool that helps you sort of understand why your numbers are what they are on your website. Um, so if people are not completing your checkout process or, you know, signing up for your service and you're trying to understand well, why aren't they completing that nice little sign up screen, you could use hot jars tools, many of which you can get a lot of value out of on the free version, yeah. such as heat maps, session recordings, um, user polls. Yeah. Like, uh, there's, um, like, Surveys you could do to question users. You could recruit UX um, uh, customer research participants. So awesome tool. So a little plug for that. And most of the people I know who use it are on the free version. So they're not paying the yeah. dime. And you get enormous value yep. out of just the free version. 
a so lot a little of, plug for the product first. Well, I think it's important because a lot of the, the suggestions they make back into the tool. And I think that while you're not paying for it, it's a great option. Um, so this, this kind of goes through and it, it talks about three main things. It's talking about identifying your, let me just find it. Uh, the drivers, the barriers and the hooks. So the, their tool help you figure out the drivers, the things that lead the people to your website or landing page or whatever it may be. The barriers are obviously what makes them stop and the hooks are what are the things that are making people go forward? So a lot of their tools and like session recordings or heat maps or whatever it may be might help you answer some of these questions. Um, the first one that they reference. So step one, identifying the landing page drivers and they reference their survey tool. So they have a little screenshot here and it says, what were you looking for when you landed on this page? And it gives you a little type box and it's pretty straightforward, but it's going to give you exactly what that person is looking for. So that's enormous insight to your landing page. Um, the website that they're using in this example is called Divorce Online. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's it's a place where people go to get help, um, you know, handling or managing their divorce cases. Um, so they, they go through and, and they give some really good takeaways. And they also give you this three-step CRO plan. And I just lost the acronym. What is that? It's a conversion, conversion rate, rate optimization. optimization. Yeah. So, um, and it, it, it gives you this plan. So if you were using Hotjar's tools, you would be able to section off your top three drivers. Then it's your top three personas who are those drivers, your barriers and, and so on and so forth. So that way you're really understanding who's coming to your page and, and what's getting them to convert once they get there. Yeah. And it's similar to like, in the past, I know we've talked about um, pains, gains, and uh, and something. I'm forgetting what the the third one is, but it's it's the same the either. same general idea. Um, I think it's pain, pains, gains, and like your unique value. Um, I think you're right. Uh, but it's that that same idea of knowing you know what is someone hoping to achieve when they when they're you know doing the search or, or clicking the ad or whatever that mm -hmm. gets them to your landing page. Um, what you know whether that's a pain that they're looking to alleviate or a gain that they're hoping to realize, and then w speaking to the value that you can bring mm -hmm. uh, to bring that about. Um, Pretty cool. A really cool example um, in, in this case study is that the number of, uh, the first barrier that this website saw is that they were providing a calculator to help users figure out the court fees that they would owe. And instead of being helpful, they saw that it was, really deterring the people that were coming to the website because interacting with the court fee calculator caused conversion rates to plummet because they were likely scared or like, Oh my God, we're already talking about money. I want to know what I'm getting first. So it'll give you insight into what you could change and improve. I'm surprised at a calculator because usually those are good. Well, I mean, it's, I, I, I get it though. No. Yeah. I do yeah. Too. Interesting. Divorce is expensive. True that. I'm going to say all products need a playbook like this did you check oh you did, yeah the the their their cro their action plan yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just ridiculously simple it's very easy you get a ton of value out of it and you know whether or not it's like the right framework to use for cro who cares like it's yeah. it's <laughs> i'm pretty it's, sure you can download a copy from this page well too. it makes <laughs> it makes it really really easy for their users to just start to utilize all the different products and tools that hot totally. has to offer and start getting value out of it really fast. Um, and I just think every single, really every tool, product, app, 
service should have something like that. Mm-hmm. So cool. Kudos to them. Um, next up, we have a, another article coming from Buffer. So this is written by Ash Reed behind a record breaking Instagram marketing campaign. And this is a feature about a Canadian clothing brand, Tentry. Tentry, yeah. So Tentry did, and I'm, people might already be familiar. Um, they topped the Instagram record charts for their most for the most liked post, and they did it with like this very simplistic kind of looking, just tree, and it said double tap to plant a tree. So they created this campaign with the goal of spreading their mission to plant more trees, and uh, Buffer just does a really good job of breaking it down. The what happened when you double tapped? You plant it. Would, they would plant a tree. I think it's just they, they were going off the like count. Yeah, just cool. It must have been unrelated. I read a book. <laughs> I read a book a few years ago about um, Canadian tree planters. Like it's, mm. it's an industry. So interesting. Honestly, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> That's the book you chose. <laughs> it was really interesting. It was like ten dollars. I won't allow that in my show notes. <laughs> uh, so the the. Buffer does a, a good job of breaking down their pillars of what they what they use for their strategy. And number one was um, they used influencer marketing, which I think is really interesting because I would say that we have low to medium exposure to that kind of stuff. I was curious, especially for Sean's input on influencer marketing, what you thought about that. Um, I think most people are just wasting their really? brands, marketers. They're just wasting a ton of effort and budget on that stuff. Really? Yeah, because people have like kind of jumped on this big overhyped thing, you know, it just happens every mm-hmm. year. There's, there's something a little bit different. Um, I think done right. It's incredibly smart and provide a ton of value. Mm-hmm. I just think most people don't do that. Well, there you go. Uh, and I also think a lot of influencers are not real influencers. <laughs> so You're saying I'm not an influencer. That's, Sean? A, that's a part of the problem. You influence something. Well, <laughs> Um, the second piece of this was their press. They created a press kit and they put together a plantable press release with a gifted product and a fully biodegradable compostable package and sent it to reporters to build awareness for the campaign, which I thought is incredibly innovative for one, but also incredibly smart. Totally. Well, it's yeah. just, you know, it's in keeping with the the spirit of the campaign. So it's a good idea. Yeah. The cool kids still say totes my goats. Nope. That's, that's out. I don't know that they've ever said that. Oh, really? The last thing I want to reference on here, and there's a couple other things, but um, focusing on one single goal was their third pillar. I, if you look at like their 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 key, their the the main um, image they ran for this campaign, yeah. it's so simple. Like yep. the message of you see the photo, you you know what you're supposed to do. You mm-hmm. double click, double tap, whatever to plant a tree. But like that's not all. There's no confusion at all. They also removed every other post on their Instagram feed. Oh, well, that works too. And archived over 2,700 posts in the weekend leading up to Earth Week. So the, it was it's kind of forcing people to go to their page in like one photo mm-hmm. only, but the focus of their campaign was. So, so what was their, me- like, what was the record breaking metric? Um, It's in the beginning. Hang on one it second. Was... It was likes for sure. I okay. just have to find the number. Do you they know, like, generated 15.5 million likes? So they got likes. In five what, days. what was, like, their ultimate business goal? Is the. Like, wh- I have right here. Hang on. Um, With the goal. Okay. The marketing team. I think their overall goal was just to plant more trees and raise awareness of their, their brand. Okay. But, like, do you know? And I guess I could read the article, but. <laughs> 
I guess this is sort of where I get uh, caught up on some of these things. And maybe they, they did think through this. And again, I haven't read the article. So um, billions of likes is wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if did that awareness translate into like whatever their ultimate mission was, you know, so, was, which was to plant more trees? And how did they go about correlating that? Or was it just likes? It was largely the, the, the primary goal was to just build awareness around okay. environmental issues. Yeah. And to do that through this uh, tree planting campaign. A part of their business goal, uh, their business um, model is planting 10 trees for every purchase made. So it's just like a part of who they are as yeah. a company. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, good cause. I like it. Oh, 10 tree. I get, I get it. I get it. It's mm-hmm. clever. Yeah. I was actually thinking like Tencent, that Chinese company. Oh, anyway, that brings us to the app of the week. App of the week, and this was Sean's app of the week, I think. Yeah, so this is um, helpful. So <laughs> we do a ton of SEO work, and um, I, I think a pretty common scenario is an article that has been a top performer for a client of ours. Um, you know, it was cranking out thousands of visits, single blog posts, cranking out thousands of visits every single month consistently for one, two years. All of a sudden, starts to slide. And you look at that search results page and all the same competitors are still there. But for some reason, um, you know, that really annoying competitor that you've always been outranking is suddenly outranking you. And you look at it and say, oh my God, they really overhauled this. Like it looks fantastic, you know? Took you by surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So what they did is they were tired of being ranked number two or number three. And they said, well, look at these guys are doing a wonderful job. How can we one up them? And so they, they went and they went up to you while you were sleeping and, uh, Google caught on, gave them a little boost in the rankings. And, uh, now you're coming from behind. Now it would have been really great if you knew about those changes before Google caught on. So you can kind of beat them at their own game mm-hmm. and one up the one upper. And, uh, I think this tool will help you do that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it says monitor there. If you go to their website, it's changetower.com. Monitor website changes, get alerts, archive full history. A powerful website change detection and archiving platform. Set custom alert criteria, monitor and track website changes, get notified. Um, Another, actually, they've got a whole use case section, but another use case that comes to mind that's not an SEO play is, well, did my competitor just change their pricing? Are they running a promotion? You know, I want to be notified about that as soon as it happens so I can kind of be proactive. Um, I'm looking at some of their their use cases here and some of them actually, yeah. So they have competitive website monitoring. There's PR monitoring, um, legal and corporate compliance website monitor. So I guess like if you're looking to, you know, make a few bucks on a lawsuit, you could see if somebody's (laughs) (laughs) not including some required legal text. I don't know, but, um, yeah, cool, cool service. The pricing seems reasonable too. Uh, it looks like can't get the pricing to load. I don't know why. But I recall it being very inexpensive to start. So, um, you know, if you're only going to be tracking one or two websites, this kind of feels like a no-brainer. For us, an agency, we're we're tracking multiple websites for multiple clients. Mm. kind of works for us as well. You know, we just kind of build that into the plan and say, hey, would you like us to track certain competitors for you so that we could be a little bit more proactive in um, revising your content, right? So that was my thought. Looks pretty cool. I like Neat. it. It's, oh. it's like, um, it's a, a step up, you know, so if you set up Google alerts, 
you might notice certain changes. Um, I use the uh, Internet Archives, uh, what is it, the Wayback Machine, yeah, to, to see how content changed when I suspect that happened. But this would you know, just allow you to detect some of those things in more real time, which would be awesome. So check it out, changetower.com. There's a free version. There you go. It's free. You have no excuse. Six checks per day and yeah. one month of data archived. I was going to get political for a second, but it's not a good idea. I don't Probably know not. how that could have been possible, but <laughs> um, you'll you'll detect when certain text is suddenly dropping from government websites. Oh, yeah, it happens. Interesting. Yes, it does. Landing round. Oh yeah. Um, number one, FAQ page schema generator. I found this. I think if we ever have a uh, client that needs a FAQ schema, if. it's a less of a headache. Uh. Google Ads markup. Oh, Google Ads markup search to Search Console. So, what that is is that if you are creating some kind of markup for a certain page, you can check it and edit it while in Search Console, which I thought was pretty cool. New way to pay in China: no card, no phone. Just look at the camera. This is face recognition at the cash register, which I hate. I don't like that. I um, hate because that. that's just like one step closer to being like my face removed. Oh, <laughs> which actually I saw that this week. There's like a new thing that allows you to scrub certain people from your surroundings. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, number four, understanding microsleep. I just put this in there. I'm going to stick my hand out to people and say, shh, microsleeping. <laughs> you need a microsleep today for sure. Would, would that would that fly? No, it would not fly. No. Not, I mean, maybe. In our office it would. I'm pretty sure I've, uh, I've microslept before. <laughs> U.S. may outlaw messaging encryption used by WhatsApp, iMessage, and others. Um, and then a note about a note on unsupported rules in robots.txt. This is kind of big. It's semi big, I would say. It's important for <laughs> us to know. Yeah. So, uh, marketers, um, secretly while you were sleeping, your IT team accidentally disallowed all of your content from being crawled by Googlebot. So. Check that robots.txt file. <laughs> um, no, I mean, honestly, that happens all the time yeah. where accidentally all of a sudden huge sections of a website are blocked or the entire site is accidentally blocked. Uh, and that might be by, um, you know, the company hosting your website. Like, who knows? Like, it, it just, it happens all the time. I'd say most of the time it's totally accidental where somebody makes a change not realizing the impact it's going to have. So you got to check your robots.txt file. And usually you could find that by just going to yourdomain.com slash robots.txt and just see if there's a whole bunch of disallow rules. And question, should we, disallow means, hey, Google, hey, search engine, you are disallowed from looking at this page. Okay. So if you see a page there that you want Google to see, that could be a problem. This change uh, is just Google. There's actually some really big updates there that we won't get into on the stack, but um, they, uh, they're no longer honoring certain rules that have been widely used in the past and uh, guiding you towards what you should be doing to have a nice, clean, robots.txt page. So check it out. This is Sweet. Important. Last one is uh, HubSpot June updates. Just kind of a roundup of all the things HubSpot that happened last month. Yeah, so if you're using HubSpot, definitely check this out. Like, they are sneaky. They are always <laughs> kind of just sliding in some cool new features into the product. Um, I was surprised by one just this morning when I went to go type in the little search box and I saw this new screen appear that showed me recent contacts that I've searched for. 
recent company records I've searched for. And uh, there's some other cool things. So cool. get on it. That's it. All right. That's it. That's it. Leave us a review. Give us some love. We'll be back next week with some more updates. Yeah.